Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parsha Haye Sarah, The Life of Sarah. And ironically, in this parasha is the, the parasha in which Sarah has died and Abraham is looking for a burial plot for her. And um, why the life of Sarah when she died? So our sages teach us that a, that a person never dies if his memory keeps on going. Sarah, our first foremother, she instituted the three mitzvahs of the Jewish women. She instituted Shabbat candles, Hala, and Tahara Hamishpaha, family purity. Until today, thousands of years later, Jewish women all over the world keep doing these three mitzvot, which are so, so relevant to Jewish women in the world. Through these three mitzvot, Sarah, our Ima, keeps alive within every one of us. So in this parasha, something very interesting happens. Our patriarch Abraham wants to buy a land where he's gonna bury Sarah. And this piece of land is called the Marat HaMachpelah. It's situated in the land of Hebron. And it's a very, very special and holy place. And, um, and he wanted to buy this, this cave with the surrounding field. So I'm gonna read directly from the Humash, what goes on, what, how this transaction goes on. And it says, it says here, that Abraham got up and prostrated himself to the people of the land, the people of Hez. He said to them, I wished, I, if you wish me to bury my dead from it from of me, listen to me, and ask Ephron, the son of Sohar, to give me his cave of Machpelah, which is at the end of this field. Let him give it to me for its full price as land for a burial plot in your midst. And Ephron sat in, the, in a very high position. He was an important man amongst the people of his. Ephron the Shiti responded to Abraham in front of all these people who had all stopped work and come to, to the gate of the city in honor of Sarah, saying, no, sir, I will not accept your money. Listen to me. I have given you the field and I have given you the cave, which is in it. I have given it to you in the presence of my people to bury your dead. Go and bury your wife. And Abraham threw himself in the ground and he says to him, uh, uh, in front of everybody, but if only you would listen to me. I have the money ready for the field. Take it from me. I want to pay it. I want to buy it. And Ephron says to Abraham, but you're a, a prince of God. I cannot charge you. This is for free. It's a pleasure. It's my honor to give you this field. And Abraham says to him, no, listen to me. I have to pay for this. Tell me how much it is. And then Ephron comes and tells him, uh, tells him, uh, says to him, what, what is a piece of land worth 400 shekels of silver between friends? So here Abraham understood this guy, very shrewd man. Obviously he wants to give it to for free because he has an intention. He wants to make people think that he's this very kind man, that he's giving this thing for free. He's very generous. He's giving to Abraham the tzaddik of the generation. Abraham is even more shrewd than Ephron because he understands that he has to make it a, 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 a contract. He wants to have it in paper. He wants to make sure 
that for the rest of the eternity, nobody has a doubt that this piece of land belongs to the Jews. Even though Hashem had promised him that the land of Israel would be for him and his generations and his descendants for eternity. Abraham, nevertheless, makes, makes sure to leave it in paper. And it's here in this parasha, parasha Hayesara, we see the contract. It's signed. It's paid for. He paid 400 silver uh, shekels in, in, in hand. He gave them to Ephron and he bought this piece of land. So, so the... So this very lengthy translation recorded in the, in the transaction recorded in the Torah has a purpose. Abraham wants to make sure that the Jewish people will never doubt that this piece of land is theirs. He wants to make sure that the whole world knows that this piece of land belongs to the Jewish people. Even though today the, 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 the cave of Machpelah is under Muslim do domain, it's, it's the saddest thing. Like if you wanna go to the, to the um, to the to the Ohel of Itzak, for example, you cannot go only in the month of Elul. They open it for, I think, for eight days. You can go there. That's it. This parasha, parasha Hayesara, there's thousands and thousands of Jewish people going to Hebron. It's incredible. They, they host uh, all this and people come and they spend Shabbat in, in Hebron. So we see here that it was very important to leave this under paper to leave it for eternity to understand that this piece of land is holy and it belongs to us so Abraham understood what Ephron meant he understood uh, that that he really wanted to to sell it he really wanted the money so that's why he gave him the money with no budge he didn't even ask for a discount he didn't look he didn't look jewish like every jew is always asking for discounts abraham didn't ask for a, a discount he wanted to pay it in full so from here we learn that when we're going to acquire something we should really make sure that we acquire it in the best way so based on this figure the 16th century sage Rabbi Itzak Bar Yehuda makes the following calculation, and this is fascinating. He says that according to the book of Aikra, the value of land in biblical times was 50 silver shekels for a kur. A kur is a, a measurement of the Torah, which is 75,000 square cubits. One kur is 75,000 square cubits. I'm not so good in these calculations, but I'm gonna read exactly what I read. So the area purchased by Abraham was eight kur. This is what, what the land, the amount of land he bought, bought which is 600,000 square cubits, which is also 31 acres if you want to imagine it. So the census taken when the Jewish people came, came out of Egypt and they were going into Mount Sinai to receive the, the Torah, Hashem made a census and it came up to 600,000 uh, heads of households. Um, and then the sages tell us that the nation of Israel consists, consists of 600,000 um, root souls. Uh, so the, the soul of every Jew comes from one of these root souls. So if we make today, I don't know exactly, but if we're around 13 million Jewish people in the world, 
you would say like how can it be 600,000 but in reality is that the roots root sold is 600,000 and we're all offshoots of these 600,000 uh, souls from eternity from the beginning so the the Torah also contains 600,000 letters representing every Jew in the Torah so each Jew in the, in the world has a letter in the Torah so Israel is the eternal inheritance of the Jewish people with no doubt equally the property of every individual Jew so we have a piece of a piece of land in every Jew has a piece of land in, in Israel. We we are owners of this land, and so it has been from the very first moment of Jewish ownership of the Holy Land. The first plot of land obtained by the first Jew includes in it a share for every Jewish soul. So I'm telling you this is because today, and well, not only today, but since the Jewish people exist. The land of Israel has always been a problem. People have always been saying that it, that it should be shared, you have to divide it. Uh, I'm not into politics or anything like this. This is not the case. What I'm trying to show is that according to the Torah, the, the land of Israel really belongs to the Jewish people. And us as Jewish people, we should be very proud of this and we should not be, feel bad about it. It's, it's our land and it's not our land because we are good people or because we deserve it or because we have merits. No, that's not the reason we own this land. The reason that we own this land is because Hashem made a promise to Abraham that he would give the Jewish land, the, the land of Israel to the Jewish people, to his descendants for eternity. This is the reason. There's no other reason. If we're good, if we're bad, if we behave, we don't behave. That's irrelevant. The, 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 it's a promise from God to, to, to Abraham. And this is why we have to defend it with our lives. So the, the cover of Machpelah means doubled. Uh, Machpelah means doubled. In Hebrew, this is so because of the four couples that are buried there. If we know there's Adam and Hava are buried there, uh, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, and Jacob and Leah. So we know Jacob had another wife, Rahel, which was the love of his life. Why is she not buried there? She's not buried in the cover of Machpelah because she had a different mission in life. Hashem put her in the entrance of Israel, right next to Bethlehem. She's buried there, the people go and pray there. There's a purpose for it because she cries for her children in times of exile. So that's her purpose. So, but the other reason this, um, this, is, this cave is giving this name of Machpelah is because it's a, it's a double decker. It has two chambers, uh, one on top of the other. And because of this, it has these two names. Uh, it's interesting that these two chambers really represent the life of, of a person in this world. Uh, I'm gonna say a story. There's these two men that are like, um, they're like scientists and they go on an expedition and they, they get to a swamp and they're stuck in the swamp and one of the men has a phone so he calls a helicopter and he's rescued by a helicopter and while he's in the helicopter he takes pictures of the swamp and he's rescued. The other man is left there. He's there for 20 years in this swamp, trying to survive, trying not to step on, on snakes and trying to not get bitten by animals. For 20 years, finally, he's able to emerge from this swamp. And when he comes out, like he smells like a swamp, he looks like a swamp, 
Like he doesn't look like the best person in the world, but at the end when he's rescued, this man writes two bestsellers on swamps. He, he, he directs a movie, he directs a, 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 a National Geographic documentary. He becomes the expert in the world in swamps. He's hired by every company. They all want to know what to do here, what to do there. Becomes a celebrity. So we see here that this, this represents the, the journey of a soul. So we have the Tzadikim, which would be this guy with the means that had the phone that called the helicopter and he was rescued. Yeah, for sure he did many good things. For sure he, he doesn't have to go through that ordeal in life. That's not why he's here. He was saved from it. But the other man is the Balshuva. It represents that person that struggles his whole life to be able to come out from the swamp and do something with it. That's us. We, we, we struggle, we go, we, we, we have lives full of uh, excitement, up and down like a roller coaster. And in reality, it's how we emerge from all these experiences that make the difference in our life. So this cave has this, this uh, is a Kabbalistic type of, of insight into the double chambers. And some people are in the upper chamber, some people are in the lower chamber, but the, at the end of the day, it's what you do with your life what matters. So, so during our long and painful exile, Marat Hamakpelah, the holy resting place of our forefathers, of our patriarchs and our, 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 our matriarchs, the founders of our nation, became a place where prayers are very much heard. It's a, it's a very special place, it's really, very mamish special. It's not special because of who is buried there. They're buried there because the place is special. That's why they're there. So it's even recorded in the Torah that Caleb, Caleb when he came uh, with the spies to spy the land before going into the land of Israel, if you remember that story, Caleb, went, the first place he went to was a, a the cave of Machpelah. This is where he went. He went there to pray to our ancestors, to pray to the Sadiqim that in their merit he should be strong, that he would not end up uh, like the other spies, falling into bad language about the land of Israel, coming with bad reports, which was what delayed our entrance into the land of Israel. We had to wait 40 more years to go in and change a whole generation because they came with a bad report. So he went there and he prayed that he should be safe from that. And he was, he was. So the Zohar relates that the cave of Machpelah is special, not by virtue of the, of the patriarchs who are the matriarchs who are there, but because the Midrash recounts uh, a very interesting story of Abraham. Uh, he has a supernatural uh, experience there the, when the angels came to visit him after his third day of the bridge, that they came, one came to tell him that Sarah was going to have a baby in a year, the other one came to do refua for him, to help him heal, and the other one came to tell him that Sodom was going to be destroyed. He was serving them a lavish meal, and one of the calves that he was going to sacrifice, that he was going to... Um, uh, for the meal, ran away, and he ran out after it. So we understand that he lived in Hebron at that time. He ran after this calf, and when he saw the calf, when he 
confounded, finally the calf had come to this to this uh, cave of Machpelah, and Abraham entered it, and he found that there were candles lit, and he could smell the smell of Gan Eden inside of this cave, and he was able to see that the entrance to Gan Eden was through this cave, and he understood that Adam and Hava were buried in that cave. That so from then he knew that what a special place this was, and um, and he that's. From then he knew this is the place where they should have been buried when the time came. So our prayers today, especially at this holy place, are very special. The entrance to Gan Eden is straight from this place. Like it says that the day uh, the souls live, they live through Kaver Hamak Pelah. We go through this cave. This is the entrance to Gan Eden. And um, and when we pray, we pray to the to the patriarchs and the matriarchs, our our fathers and our mothers that are buried there, that in their merit our prayers should be listened to and answered. And um, in the Jewish religion, we don't pray to 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 saints. We don't pray to tzaddikim. You go to the ohel. You go to any resting place of any tzaddik. You don't pray to the tzaddik. This is not the way we do it. We pray directly to Hashem. But that in the merit of those that are buried in these places that are so holy and so special that our prayers should be answered, that they should help us that they get to where they have to go. So I want to wish you a blessed week and remember how special our beautiful land of Israel is, uh, how we just came out of, of, of two brutal days of, of, of rockets falling in Israel. And, um, and the people there, they live through this, they go through this, but they're willing to, to live their, give their lives for Israel. The Jew, the Torah, and, 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 and the land of Israel are one. We're interconnected. One, we don't have one, we're missing one, we're not complete. So I want to wish you and bless you and remember, live a little higher. Thank you. Thank you.